In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Beth Laurie, and I am back today sharing with you on the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Many of you know that Mark Danzi and I work together in disciple making here at Mount Pisgah. I prefer to be behind the scenes support, and he is excellent at teaching, speaking, and being funny. <laughs> Lately, God is pushing both Mark and I outside our comfort zone. Mark is being called to be the CEO of Narrow Gate. It is a great disciple-making organization, and we are super excited for him. I've been asked to co-host these podcasts. Mark will continue to do some, and I will do some, and we will do some together. We're moving to a every-other-week podcast model for the next season. As we listen to God and as He tells us how He would like 419 Disciple Makers Podcast to become, how it would be a place where we talk about the things that glorify Him. So we ask that you would please stay subscribed and share this with your groups. The good things about us getting outside of our comfort zone is that it grows us. We depend on God and not ourselves. So may it be so today as we talk with disciple makers. And here we have with us is Mickey Lyons. You guys who have been around Mount Pisgah know Mickey for sure. He has been here for quite some time. He is the director of technical ministries here at Mount Pisgah. He is behind the scenes on almost everything that is done, and he is also in front helping us with many of the activities as we plan and prepare for not only worship, but weekly activities and events. And we are super grateful for Mickey. But what the thing you may not know about Mickey is he is also a disciple maker. <laughs> he has uh, had years already of helping others see Christ, and his journey is a beautiful story. So welcome, Mickey. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We are very glad to be here with you today. And so I would love it if you could just tell our listeners and myself a bit about your journey. How did you get to what you're doing today? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, honored to be able to, to share that, and thank you again for for uh, asking me. Um, well, I uh, I guess I can just kind of start from the beginning almost. You know, I grew up in a, a Christian household. My mother and, mother and father uh, instilled that in me at a, a very early age. Um, and uh, as I grew up and got into my teenage years, I was involved with the church. And um, when I got into college years, I actually started helping out and helping out with the youth group at my home church, uh, Mount Carmel Christian Church. And... Um, at, I found myself leading leading the student band, and then the youth minister left, and then that that was the first time I think that I felt like a call to ministry, because I was getting out of college, and I was thinking, okay, I'm a journalist, I have a journalism degree, but if this is where you need me, then that's where I'll serve. And I remember applying actually for the position, and didn't didn't get the position there, but continued to be an interim youth minister as they as they looked for that. And uh, during that time, one of the, the pastors at Mount Carmel, um, I was working at Fox 5 as a freelance uh, editor at the time, uh, but the pastor came up and he's like, hey, Mickey, I don't, I don't know if you'd be interested in this or not, but it seemed like it's kind of up your alley. There's this church that's got an opening for a videographer. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I was freelance, and uh, this was a, a full-time position that was open, and 
So uh, I, I came to uh, Mount Pisgah and interviewed. I didn't think that I, I would get anything. I didn't know where it would go. Um, but I ended up getting the position, and um, it was a full-time gig. I never thought that it would become a career. Wow. <laughs> I, you know, I thought that it would be, okay, well, it's better than making, you know, hourly wage and everything. Um, but I found that I loved it. And um, my mother had always said, just use your talents for the Lord. And so I found myself able to do that in ministry, not just as a youth minister, like I was kind of uh, doing back at my home church, but really in the area that God had gifted me. Um, I had been doing video production since you know the early 90s um, through school and um, then went on. I was one of those that knew my major, never changed it, had a direct um, focus on journalism and video production. And here I was able to use the education that, you know, God had you know, provided me to use it for him. So um, that was a blessing in and of itself. Um, getting into how that pertains to discipleship, I found very early on that investing in people is really where it's at. You can know how to do everything, but it's the relationships that are what's going to bear fruit. And so I remember I started uh, at Mount Pisgah in 2005, um, and I, I, it must have been just maybe the next year or so, but uh, a teacher in Mount Pisgah's Christian school came up to me and said, hey, there's this kid, he doesn't really fit in, you know, doesn't really want to be part of the school play, you know, but c- could he hang out back here with you in the sound booth? I was like, sure, yeah, absolutely. And um, I won't share his name because I haven't asked permission, but he's a, he's a special uh, special guy. Um, it's fifth grade, and uh, they uh, he started, and uh, we did the school play. And I remember having to, like, walk out of the room for something. I just be like, okay, like, if things start to—if a microphone starts to feedback, just hit this button, you know? And, like, I just gave him the simple, like, you know, don't let it blow up speech, and then I had to walk out. I came back, and this kid had, like, mic cues written out for, like, every character of the play, and, like, he had, like, all these buttons, like, set up for, like, mutes, mute groups and light cues. He was just like a sponge, just absorbing it all. And so what uh, I found was, like, that was my discipleship. Uh, that I was able to walk with someone, whether it be a kid or or any of the adult volunteers that were involved in technical ministries, but walk with them through life uh, and to have long-term relationships and it not just be something that was, uh, you know, I met you right away. You know, it was, it was something that lasted. And uh, I found that that was always my draw to youth ministry was that you're, you're – able to talk and instill in these kids in one of the most influential parts of their lives. And uh, to have a long-term relationship, whether it be from fifth to twelfth grade or, you know, from an an adult standpoint at any point, Um, but to have those relationships that are deep and and uh, and that that last a long time that you can really invest in. so from there, uh, I, I ended up uh, taking on a, a little bit larger role at the church um, when uh, eventually I was offered the director position 
And so that led to a whole other level of you know responsibility, but also um, looking at a wider group of people that you're trying to disciple, whether that be, you know, at this point, even employees that, you know, are in your department or um, the volunteer base, you know, now spans from, you know, children all the way through, you know, um, some of the older adults. And so keeping that in mind and looking at the ministry of, uh, you know, what we do in serving in the technical role is I've always tried to keep that discipleship model in place, uh, that that's what we're called to do is to bring people in to teach and then deploy. And uh, in theory, that goes right along with the multiplication factor of discipleship, only we're doing it on a technical level, you know. I don't want it to just be technical. I want them to get fed spiritually in the process. But uh, for me, it's really rewarding to see people use their spiritual gifts to help others engage in worship. Um, And so whereas they're giving of their time and their talents, um, it's, uh, it's helping others you know, hopefully in their spiritual walk as well. That, so that's amazing because what I hear you saying is that they came in to volunteer. They either have an interest or they already have some skills in helping people, I mean, doing technical activities. And you realize that while they're there, while you guys are sort of shoulder to shoulder doing things, that you can invest in them, that it could be a place where you talk about other stuff in life besides just the technology that's around you, uh, you you came at came at it from a, a relationship. You are were seeking to have something deeper with them. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where the bonds form. That's where the trust comes from. You know uh, that yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily just sitting there talking about a camera or hey, we got to hit this light cue. It's how was your week? You know what are you going through mm. right now? How can I pray for you? So. Uh, again, it's it's teaching and then doing life with them, even though, I mean, at most of the time, this is in a, a church scenario already, um, but just sharing life with them. And uh, hopefully they know that, that they, can, they can call me at any time. Um, we can meet and get, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm the exception to the rule with Christians is I'm not a Starbucks guy, but you know. <laughs> Most people say, or get a coffee, but I'm like, or get a burger. But just to know that we can have a relationship that's not just based around Sunday morning, making sure that all the cameras go right and all the buttons are hit right. Um, while that is important, um, because we are helping others engage in worship, we want to do an excellent job um, of doing that. Um, the people involved is a, a really special, special thing to me. And isn't it neat that God can use our spiritual gifts, I mean, no matter where we are in our walk, right? I mean, He sees He sees that that potential in us, and we can start giving back early wherever we are. But then that uh, you made it a place for them to be known and cared for. I mean, that's shepherding. That's that's pastoral care. That's discipling. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and and that's. That's, you know, I, I learned that from being here as well. It's something that, you know, started before, you know, I necessarily was part of a discipleship or a covenant group. Um, I knew. Uh, but I remember my schedule getting so busy um, that 
we were talking about new discipleship groups and things like that. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd gotten married over the time that I started here and had children. And I remember, you know, there's always been this try to balance, you know, work and, you know, faith and in and then uh, and family. But I remember going to Mark Danzi and we were talking about, hey, we, we kind of want everyone on staff to, to be involved with this stuff. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a hard push then. I went to him. I was like, look, I want to do this. I mean, I want to, as a leader, I want to model it for everyone else, you know. Um, but here, look at my calendar. Where am I going to do this? And uh, it's kind of almost being frustrated with it. It's like it's like one more thing we're trying to add on, and I'm trying to do this and that and still have, see my wife and my kids. And uh, where am I supposed to do this? Mm. And he said, well, hey, man, you should uh, – if y'all, any of y'all know Mark, you know, he's always the constant positive. Um, but – it's like, I'm actually starting a crew for, uh, you know, some, some guys that are real busy. And uh, so we're only going to do it every other week. But we're going to do it for two hours. And it's going to be at 630 in the morning. I'm like, oh, man, now I don't have any excuse other than being lazy. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm in, you know. I'm in. So, <laughs> All right. Um, and that was the, the kind of jump that I had and how I got into a discipleship group. And... Uh, I spent three years in that group with Mark and um, some very, very wise men. Um, I learned so much from, and it was a very diverse group. You know, you had everyone from, you know, guys that were ringing the bell on Wall Street to me, you know, <laughs> so quite a wide range. But there was so much wisdom in that room. And we all, it was a level playing field, though. So I think that... Uh, I, I certainly just opened my ears and tried to soak up as much knowledge as I, as I could, you know, from that group. But I also saw modeled through that, how do you do a discipleship group, you know? And uh, I remember going through it, and when we got to that third year, and I always kind of knew that that was the goal, was to disband and multiply. Um, but when we kind of got to that third year and Mark started saying, okay, guys, we've done this. We've talked about this. You know, we've gone through and done, you know, your your spiritual journeys. We've gone through and even wrote out plans as to if you were running your own, how would you do it? What else do you need? And it was like, I think we're coming to the time where it's where we need to disband. I remember that kind of being like, but it's already ending? Um, okay, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. But yeah, this totally, okay, I look back, it's been three years, okay. Um, and so then it was on to the next step. And uh, there was a break in between, so that was that was good. At least you know, I had like a couple months, but then you know, Mark didn't let up either. He's like, "All right, all right, we're starting up new uh, groups." You know, hey, who are you going to do it with them? And uh, so I ended up becoming a co-leader of a group um, with uh, with Graham Garrison, and uh, he's he's been a great leader, and I've learned a lot from him as well. But it was a good way for me to ease into. You know um, the the multiplication factor, and uh, get a little bit more confidence um, built up around you know 
leading a group. And what and what I've found and what you've heard over and over on this podcast from multiple guests is you're really just a facilitator, that the Holy Spirit's doing the work. Um, and so with all of the resources on 419's website and um, plenty of the other ones uh, that you've heard from on this podcast as well, you're really just helping the conversation along. And um, there's growth in it. And as sometimes I remember getting nervous, you know, it's like, oh, it's my it's my week to lead. And, you know, I would I'd, I'd read up the night before and I'd, I'd be prepared and all this. And, you know, OK, when we get to this, then I'll then I'll ask this question. And I remember starting to do it for the first time and lead. And it, I was nervous at first. And the call just kind of melted away because everyone just started talking and sharing their perspective. And really, when you have good leading questions that aren't yes or no, you know, that include everyone, first of all, it's oh, it's it's fulfilling. You get to hear what someone else's perspective is that you might not have ever thought of. Um, but it also makes them a part of the group. It makes everyone a part of it. And uh, it's just, it's it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it would be. Um, so that's kind of my into discipleship groups kind of. Okay, so I just love that. And I, I want to pause for a second here and just notice what God did, because you started from there's no way like look at my calendar. There's it's just it's packed. And I, I know this about you to be very true. Like <laughs> you're here all the time. You're working your tail off. You're doing all these great things for the Lord. And but you were sensing this like I'm willing, Lord, I just don't know how it would work. And then he provided a time that I'm sure gave you up a few, uh, some sleep got, got a little neglected there, but for the most part, didn't take away from your family or didn't take away from something else. And then he placed you in a group that it sounds like you were very safe. You felt encouraged. You bonded well with these other uh, men that were in your group. And that's what God does. Like he puts these groups together. Like we try to make it sound like we need to do something, but he's working all the time behind the scenes, knowing exactly what Mickey needs and making it the right time, the right place for it to work out. And then from there, you know, just hearing you even talk from the beginning of, okay, now I'm in it to, oh my goodness, it's going to end. And like sensing that it would be over, but it doesn't sound like it was that long until you had another group of very wonderful men that you're now with and that you feel that you're in the leadership role, like you have to have some answers, but really the Holy Spirit's just doing all this work, right? right. You're an, you're asking some good questions and look what's happening. God's now doing the same thing again. That's multiplication. It is. It is. And uh, it's, it's refreshing to be a part of it. Um, and I think that's the way it should be looked at. And I've heard Mark say it plenty of times. But if this feels like a burden, then it, it's it's not right. You know, you're not uh, maybe not you're not doing it right, but something's not right. It shouldn't feel like a burden. It should feel like a safe place. Um, uh, the reassuring, you know, love of you know the brothers that you have in that. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And, you know, in that first group that I was in, you know, I, I w went through the, the passing of my father and they were all there for me. Mm. And it's just I remember how instilled in the church my parents were. And I remember them saying, and I've felt it plenty of times as well since then. Gosh, I don't know how people get through situations like this without the church. Yeah. 
Yeah, whether they- it's a death in the family or a sickness or or whatever. Um, and I think these groups like this are just taking that to the next level. It's that even closer bond or friendship, you know, whether it's a a, a fifth grade student that you have a long-term relationship, you know, with and mentoring to guys that you spend three years with and get to know their lives and what's going on in their families and everything. It's not just the guy that you see, uh, you know, 50 feet over at church that oh, I kind of recognize that face. It's real relationship. Right. Right. I think that there's a bit of um, uncertainty about that. People go in going, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure that I, I know these people or I like these people. But it's amazing how that bond goes goes deep in just a short period of time. All of a sudden you're like feeling that you can you can share life with them. You can be transparent like uh, they they know your heart more than anybody besides your family. You know, they know your heart because it's a place where you can um, share your feelings and your struggles and your needs and you're prayed for and encouraged and it's just and at the same time you're studying scriptures and you're getting fed by the Lord it's it's this incubator of beautiful things that are happening right there when you guys gather uh, around the table and I think there's just a need for that too inherently especially in men that uh, you you need to be able to share stuff and sometimes you know whether it's pride or whatever sometimes we 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 don't have that and so it's been refreshing to me to know that you've got you know guys that you can trust you know um and so that it's it's been i'm certainly glad that i took that first step whether it was out of frustration or not you know to um get involved in a discipleship group um because it's definitely been a positive thing. Yeah, and, I, and I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, not only did you say yes, but I'm I'm also really glad to hear you say that men need that because I, you know, I work with the women, but I hear that a lot. Like I had one lady who was like, "Of course I'll lead a group. I want this again and again and again. Like I need this community. I need people like this." And I thought, "Wow, I never thought about it like that. Of course we need it just as much as they need it." And you're just walking with people. You're just hanging out with them every week and. It's not. I love that you pointed out. It's not a burden. If it if it does feel that way, if you're feeling pressure to perform or teach or make it into something very um, structured and powerful, you're probably missing out on the really good stuff the Holy Spirit's trying to do because he he's carrying all that weight. He's he's taking care of those needs. So. Such a great story. Mickey, thank you for sharing uh, your journey with us and, and letting us get a glimpse on how how God has worked in your life. And we give him much praise for that. I um, I heard you say something earlier I'd love to go back to, which was uh, that struggle with work and balance. And um, that's a hard that's hard for some people. So, you know, here you are not any less busy than you were before you entered your first group. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh, tell us about how does that work, or what do you what you learned? You know, um, I uh, want to want to make sure I, I say it well, but uh, I guess I'll just be st- straightforward. My last three bosses here at Mount Pisgah, I'd seen their families fall apart. That's hard. So when I took the position to take on more responsibility, I said I'm not going to let that happen. I said I'll quit before that happens. So. My struggle had always been between this balance between family, faith, and work. 
I think a lot of the times people who work in church environments, it all gets justified as, oh, well, you know, it's when I'm doing the holy work, you know, it's God's work. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter if it takes 80 hours a week or, you know, if you've got to, you know, oh, now there's something happening on a Saturday. Sorry, I can't do that anymore. I got to go do this. Um, and so I, uh, I kind of put some parameters in place kind of early on with that and uh, have tried to stick to it. Um, and sometimes it's hard because I think it can be viewed by different people different ways. And so trying to make that distinction between what's really, you know, this is truly a, a faith matter and, you know, that for some of it that's, at least in my profession, just work. Mm. And um, so my priority has been putting family first um, and trying to model that for the staff um, that are in, in the department. Because I have seen, you know, families torn apart from whether that's overworking or, or, or whatever the situation may be um, in just time management uh, and uh, just making sure that, that I keep at least my family, you know, number one priority. Um, and so that's that's been a struggle, but I think it's, it's something that if you keep it at the forefront, um, that it's doable. And uh, after being here at Mount Pisgah for 15 years, that's where I feel my call in ministry is still, like, strong to where that's where I do still feel the call to ministry is modeling a sustainable way of supporting a fairly large church in this matter um, uh, from a technical perspective without burning out um, and trying to model that for the guys and, and, and girls that work here, um, whether that uh, be just, hey, you know, hey, I saw you were here on Saturday, too. You know, you sure you're getting enough, you know, time? What, what are you doing on your off time? What you working on? You know, like just in encouraging that there's something that they're doing outside of here as well. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have a hard time saying no, and I know I do as well. But find, finding out and figuring out when's the right time to say no to things um, and, uh, and make sure that we're, we're, we're keeping priorities in our life. Because ministry is a, a difficult um, profession to be in sometimes. Yeah, I think you said that very well, because it is easy to say, oh, well, that's for the Lord, and that's for the Lord. Um, and then it becomes something that's not necessarily about God, it's about busyness. And, I, you know, Jesus wasn't so busy, he didn't have time for people, he didn't have time to do the right things. He was intentional, very intentional. But it I don't think he was ever rushing around going, oh, my goodness, there's too much to do today. You know, he knew exactly what the father had for him, and that's what he was going to do today. And he made those priorities clear. So it's very important that we do the same. And and I really love that you brought this hard conversation up because it's often overlooked. Um, somehow we feel that if if we're if we're busy, then. We're productive and we're doing good things for the world. We're doing good things for others. And that's, but, but God wants also just to, us to have time, time to be with him, time to be with our family. They are a gift from God, time to just be. And you were saying, ask those people those questions and sort of protect that because otherwise we run ragged. I actually have a friend who's, um, who's a preacher's kid. Uh, and uh, the sad thing is he's really mad at God still because he said the church took 
my dad away from me. I needed a dad. And he was always there for the church and never there for me. And that affects his relationship with God to this day. And I think that he has figured out that that wasn't God and that wasn't necessarily the church, that it was a unclear boundary that had not been set. And he's not mad. I mean, his, his father's passed away. He's not mad, but he's just still dealing with the with the feelings of not having a dad around when he was growing up. And so I applaud you, Mickey. I applaud you for saying, hey, these are gifts. My family's a gift from God. I cherish my wife and my two beautiful children. And I want to thank him by being present for them. So being able to say no is hard, uh, but it's important. It's so important. So very well done. Very well (laughs) done. Thank you. You have given us some good tips to think about today. Uh, uh, Before we uh, close for today, do you have anything else that you would like our listeners to know or uh, something about you or something about God's work? Well, I tell you what, if if you're looking to get into a discipleship group or 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 take that next step um, and you have any apprehensions, I would just I would encourage you to find a way to take that step. Um, you know, it, it took me basically saying, hey, I don't know how to do it. And then what happened? You know, God showed me and there was a way, um, you know, and there, there was that one class that fit the magical time slot, you know. So, you know, if you're if you're looking to do it, there's a way. Um, and then if you're already in it and uh, you're 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 going, you know, or, or coming to an end is uh, don't let the anxiety of leading a group stop you from uh, doing it. Find find a way. If if it's like I did doing the co-leader thing, I think that'll ease your ease your uh, apprehension. Um, and because really, again, it, it's the Holy Spirit doing the work, and you'll be amazed um, at how really how easy it is. You know that you're just you're facilitating. And uh, you're you're getting a group of you know believers together to grow and to sharpen the tools in the in the toolbox um, and uh, you know hopefully after those three years start multiplying out of that. So I would just say if you have apprehension, go to the Lord in prayer mm-hmm. about it. But you're going to be okay. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good encouragement, Mickey. Very good encouragement. And if you guys are around Mount Pisgah or you're interested in serving in the tech ministry, I'd also say come find Mickey on on Sundays during the week. He's around. You'll see him. He's got a big smile and he's <laughs> got a tech ministry shirt on and he's always here to help and to connect to you. He would be a great person to collaborate with if you're looking to start a group or if you're just looking to serve. He would be wonderful to talk to. So thank you again, Mickey. Thank you for being on our podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. God bless you. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 